All right, all right, all right. Hey, everyone, welcome to the Man Up Already podcast. And as always, super, super excited to have you here, to be here. Uh, really appreciate all of you listeners. And uh, man, it is uh, always an honor, a privilege, and a lot of fun to do this podcast. And I got to tell you guys, I, um, I, I'm coming off a, a weekend in Colorado at the Band of Brothers Boot Camp, and there's just so much to share. Um, a lot of what you know, I'm sure some of it will spill out uh, in today's podcast. But more importantly, um, there's some episodes to come where um, it's just me. There won't be a guest. It'll just be a lot of me sharing what's going on in the world of men and in society and things that really need you need to be aware of. People need to be aware of what the heck is going on in the world of men and more importantly, the assault on them. And, you know, the Man Up Already podcast, this Man Up Already mindset, this Man Up Already movement is about a conversation of what success is, what life is, what it means to be a man, what it means to to be married to one, what is um, the journey, you know, to success. We talk about that a lot here, and I love bringing in thought leaders, people out there living this stuff, doing it right, having conversations with others. It, it's this community of people um, that are dedicated to bigger and better things. And the whole reason why we do this is because you know your one thought away from change. Your one thought that change a hat changes a habit that moves your life in a bigger, bolder, better direction. And that's why we do this. So before we um, dive in and I share a little bit of our guest today, um, just some housekeeping things. Remember that the Man Up Already book is on Amazon. You can just Google my or go in there, put my last name, P-U-R-I-T-Z, and it'll come up. Um, you can also um, follow on, um, you know, Twitter, Jay Puritz, Facebook is John C. Puritz, LinkedIn is John C. Puritz, uh, Telegram is John Puritz, all one word, um, all these different ways to connect, engage. Instagram is Jay Puritz. So, you know, th- it's an easy way to connect, to follow, to engage. Uh, and I love engagement. I love talking about these things. How do we help each other? How do we grow? I really, no matter what you're going through in life, I really believe you're one conversation, one relationship away from things getting better. It's just, um, we got to stop hiding. That's something that I'll talk about in, in other episodes, but we've got to stop um, the hiding and we've got we've to step out boldly and, and make things happen, right? Like that's, that's what it's all about. So uh, today I'm excited. Our guest is Paul Conley. Paul uh, he and I met on LinkedIn. He's a a great thought leader. Um, he is the founder of the Life Work Balance Coaching um, platform. That's that's what he does. He wants to help burnt out and stuck young professionals. He works with young professionals, right? But I think you know if you're young, right? That's a state of mind. <laughs> um, but uh, he helps young professionals help them take their passion and turn it into a business. He is a business and an entrepreneurship coach. And I think we need people like these out there. Like we need people that can frame things in a different way, help us grow, help us to see things differently so that we can implement change. I mean, 
look, if it wasn't for somebody like Paul coming into our life, and I've had a couple of people like that, uh, that they, 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 it's a paradigm shift. Like our life today is radically different than it was 19 years ago. It's radically different than it was 10 years ago. And we need people like Paul to connect with, to bounce ideas off of. I think if you don't have a coach, you definitely need a coach. Um, and that's, you know, uh, coaches are important. Uh, Paul lives in Tampa, Florida with his wife, Jenna, and their golden retriever champ. Um, he is an avid workout person, which is probably why we get along. He loves running, he loves lifting, and he loves playing sports. Um, he loves watching sports as well, especially basketball and football. And this is being recorded right on opening weekend for football. So that's fun. He's from Ohio and graduated from Bowling Green in 2011. Please welcome to the Man Up Already podcast, Paul Conley. All right, Paul, welcome to the Man Up Already podcast. Good to have you, my friend. Uh, thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited about, uh, I'm excited to have you, what we're talking about. I think it's, um, my gosh, I think in this day and age, it's so necessary. I was sharing in the intro how I really do believe that um, people need to seek out people like you and what you do and how important it is. So it really is an honor and a privilege to have you. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. So let's, um, let's back up a little bit, a little bit of your story. Um, I know you went to Bowling Green, um, which is in Ohio, if I'm correct. Yes, sir. So did you grow up in Ohio or? Yeah. So um, middle of nowhere, Ohio, literally three stoplights in a little town called East Palestine, Ohio. If you're a listener and you've heard of that place, I would love to hear from you. Um, and made the big move all the way across the state of Ohio to Bowling Green, Ohio, which is uh, the windiest, flattest, coldest place, um, maybe in the world. Uh, but it was a great four years and a lot of lifelong friends and memories. So I wouldn't trade it. Awesome. And then how did you all end up in Tampa? Well, I lived in Cleveland for about eight years working with the YMCA and, uh, as an executive with the Y and, um, you know, that brought me to Tampa. Uh, it was an opportunity. I kind of was nearing 30 and said, you know, I could probably pick where I want to live in the country. And um, Tampa is, in my opinion, the uh, nicest place in the country to live. It's a little hot right now, but overall, I don't know how you can beat it. <laughs> I say that about Florida, period. Like, yeah, all the time. You know, you and I both come from cold climates. And when you get down here, you know, it's it's just different, right? You live a whole different life. And um, I think you would agree it has a lot to do with your mindset, right? Like on how you just see things. and No doubt. Um, one of the things I, I learned when I got down here was, um, you know, in Ohio, literally from October, it's actually that way right now, but October to sometimes the start of May, it's pretty dark and gray and rainy or snowy or cold or whatever. And that really affects your mindset and your attitude. I mean, it yep. gets dark at 4.30 in the afternoon and it's seven degrees outside. You're not going outside, but it's so funny in Florida, you, you'll have like three rainy days in a row. And by that third day, everybody is just miserable to be around. <laughs> like they're just miserable. It's I'm so like, true. I'm like, hold up. You, you want to see what real uh, seasonal depression is? It's not three days where you can't go to the beach. 
it's eight months of this right. stuff. So toughen up a little bit. You know, and I think in reference to what you do and what we're going to talk about, it, it's funny because you and I didn't prepare, you know, to talk about these things. But my wife and I, you know, I grew up in New York. She grew up in New Jersey. We were married and 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 lived in Connecticut. And she was, so we were 33 and 32 at the time that we left and came down here. So late 20s, early 30s, she was diagnosed literally with seasonal depression, right? And and they were, I don't even know back then if they called it seasonal depression, but they wanted to medicate her like on all kinds of things. Um, and when we got down here, it's funny, all of those issues went away like that. You know, it, it, there is something to be said about when it's dark and gray and what it does on the human psyche. And I think the fact that, you know, now we're, and why I'm talking about mindset, you know, and change, because if you're not happy, change it. You have no idea the little things that contribute to all of those things that hold you back. Yeah. That big fireball in the sky uh, does wonders. I mean, uh, just getting up and going outside every day. I mean, the first one, normally almost every day I get up and one of the first things I do is go outside and walk my dog. And I'm often thinking about what that would be like or what that is like, because I've done it in Ohio. And you've got to throw on three layers and boots and walk through the snow. It's not an enjoyable start to your day. Then you got to shovel the driveway and, and knock the snow off the car. And then you've got to drive real slow because it's dangerous. It's, it's just this stressor because of weather. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, okay, it rains in Florida. All right. Occasionally it rains. My I can't play golf every day in January. It's like, ah, that's the biggest problem I got sometimes, <laughs> weather-related. It's funny. We were um, a couple of weeks ago. Well, last week I was in Colorado, and the week before that we were in Minnesota. You know, so you've got complete extremes from Florida, and both were, you know, gorgeous. But um, my cousin, you know, has lived in Minnesota his whole life, and I'm like, how do you do it? And they're like, what do you, What do you mean? Like for some, you know, they thrive on. You know, yeah. no, you know, it, like he was telling me that there's, you know, Minnesota is like, I think the land of like 10,000 lakes. And he was telling yeah. me how they'll turn the lake into a city when it freezes over and they're ice fishing and you, because you can deliver a pizza sure. out there. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, it's just um, different strokes for different folks. You know, it really is true. That's what it comes down to. And I, as people say, well, I don't really want to live in Florida. I love the seasons. And I say, I love the seasons too. Three out of the four. That one, <laughs> I hate. I want no part of it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. And I, 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 uh, let's dive into what you do because I, I, I was excited to talk about this um, because I think what we're watching in the world, right, is I think we're in a time of great shift. I think we've been in it for a while, post 2000, you know, post 9-11, post 2008. But I think that kind of the acceleration dial or the gas pedal on change is happening rapid, rapidly. COVID certainly brought that. But I think if people aren't happy where they live, it, it, you know, happiness, and this is a good place to start, is a choice, right? Like, if you're not happy where you live, if you're not happy doing what you do, make a change. So let's talk about that a little bit because you're you're someone who helps people navigate that. You specifically work with younger people. Let's let's dive into that concept. Sure. I mean, you know, for me it's it's observing so many people that have become kind of victims of their own circumstances and choices. And you 
once you believe and truly understand that you're deserving of the life you want and you have the ability to create it, then you are empowered to go do so mm. by any means necessary. But that is the first step. There are, and I mean, you know, it's a lot about, it goes back to your childhood. I mean, so many things we're told unintentionally about life is taught as children. You know, uh, you know, this is the real life. This is the real world. Welcome to the real world. Wait till you're older. Life's tough. Uh, Money doesn't grow on trees. All these things that we're told that maybe are true, maybe aren't. You know. Money is the a great one I like to use because everybody understands it the same. But money doesn't grow on trees. Agreed. It's not, but it is all around us, and we're in a world where you can literally, if you take your talent, you can monetize yourself doing almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So, but I think so many people allow themselves to be stuck in now this has to be the way it is this is how i've seen everybody in my life do things so this is how i'm gonna do it and i'm not saying not be grateful for the great things you do have because i think that's one of the keys to to improving your life is being grateful but you have to be able to say this isn't what i want this is what i want and let's go get it yeah there's a lot in there um that I, that I really want to impact. Number one, you said um, that understanding that you deserve the life that you want. You know, and I think how many people are out there, and I was one of them, that, you know, just think, well, this is, this is the way it is, right? This is the way I grew up. This is who I am, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And well, I, I don't think people take the time that they really need to, to just sit down and literally write out, what the heck do I want? You know what I mean? Like, and how often are we told, no, you can't have that, or you're not deserving of that, or you can't do that. Like kind of the things that you're talking about. I know you want to a- add into that. Yeah. What I find is actually that there's two things that happen. Number one, people haven't actually thought about what they want. A lot, we think we spend a lot of time as humans thinking about the things we don't want to do and complaining about the things we don't like doing. But when you reverse it um, and say, what do I want? A lot of times the response is kind of, it's not that exciting, you know? And and that's where people, I think, get frustrated because they go, well, I don't want this, but I don't know what I want. And then, you know, it's, it truly becomes kind of uh, um, a hard thing to do. So we put it off yeah. and, and we, you know, we go do the thing that gives us an immediate energy bolt and high and fun thing to do. And then it's Monday and we do it all over again. And, you know, Thursday we start thinking, you know, I'm going to make a change. And then the weekend comes around and it's fun. And then we just continue to do it over and over and over again. And then what happens is, you know, you start to get to a point where you're 10 years in your career, 20 years in your career, whatever. And you go, well, you know, I'm pretty invested. I've, I've got a pretty good thing going here. What if it doesn't go better? 
you know, there's just this, these irrational fears that people create for themselves because they don't want to bet on themselves. There's a fear of maybe they fail and in their minds fail. I don't think it's ever failure, you know, when you're trying to do something great, but um, there's so much of that that requires really deep thought and work. And, and, you know, that's a lot of times what I work with clients on is that deep work. It's not just, there's, there's reasons why we, it's not hard. You know, I always relate things back to exercise and, and, you know, it's not hard to be in good shape. You eat healthy and you exercise. Yeah. Most everybody knows that. Yep. But the actions of doing those two things are some of the hardest things in life for people. But because there's things behind the thing uh, in there, you know, okay, you you have a bad day at work, so you have to have that bowl of ice cream. Yeah, I, so there's this cycle in that, and it, it goes with everything in life. Yeah, the, again, this is a deep well of conversation. <laughs> it, yeah, it, 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 it really, really is. is. So uh, I want to talk about two things, because what you're talking about, the deep work, um, is really, really important. I, I would say that that deep work is the entire reason why this podcast um, exists. Um, because I didn't really start doing that deep work until my thirties. And, um, some of the, the shit that's in that deep work showed up in my fifties, you know, like, uh, you know, so late forties, fifties. So it's important, but two things, number one, betting on yourself, right. Is I, I love that you said that because if we're not betting on ourselves, then think about who we're betting on, right? We're betting on the government. We're betting on my boss. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, and, and, and I think the easiest things for, to, to kind of look at it like this, well, you have a dog and, and you, right. I don't think you guys have kids yet. Correct. Not. Right. So, but, but we do. And so for any parents or pet owners, right. Imagine taking, you know, your child or your pet, you know, this, this, you know, person or pet or whatever that you, this, this organism that you love and you put its entire existence or its safety in the hands of somebody else, right? Like people will go, no, right? Like if you were to ask any pet owner, any parent and go, if you're going to bet on you taking care of your pet or your child or, you know, the government or the, you know, the pet sitter or the daycare or whatever, who would you bet on? And most people will go, well, of course, me, right? It's so easy for us to bet on ourselves when it comes to everybody or everything else. But when it comes to our literally our own just prosperity or happiness, we completely give up on that uh, responsibility or belief. Yeah, it's um, and it's really crazy when you think about it, right? So you know, you're it. There's this illusion that there is safety in that decision, and it's just not true. You know, we see it literally day after day after day. And let's just take um, a career. You know, I, I think that there's really two options. You know, you can go the career route, you can go the entrepreneur route. Both are great. Both you can do whatever you want. But people have this illusion that if you want to go into entrepreneurship, it's dangerous, scary, doomed to fail. 
you can't possibly make it. All these things that we have somehow been told in society, despite the fact that there's millions of successful entrepreneurs. But then on the flip side, you'll talk to somebody who wants to, who says they want to go after whatever it is, start the business, do the big thing, whatever it is. Well, you know, I have, I can't take that risk right now because I have a really safe and secure job. Well, we saw with COVID, we see with every recession, we see with just economic downturn within your individual business. That's not the truth. Mm -hmm. You can be a top performer and, you know, your boss, the owner of your company sells the business and somebody else wants to liquidate it and you're done. COVID knocks everybody out. So, you know, there's this illusion that there's this safety because of the paycheck coming every two weeks, but there isn't. It's it's just, a, it's a fallacy. Right. And, and one of the things that, you know, growing up in my entrepreneurial journey, you know, I came from being a tenured public school teacher, you know, great benefits, blah, 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 blah. And obviously this is over, you know, it's about 20 years ago now. But it, it there were there was risk in in all of that, you know, and and I think what people don't realize is that when you unfortunately, when you have a job or you're working for someone, you are a liability on a balance sheet. It's not often spoken about, but it really is true. On the asset to liability equation in a business, an employee is on the wrong side of that equation. Even though we think, oh, I'm an asset to the company, you really are not. <laughs> you know what I mean? If things change. You, you know, that's where they're cutting. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that um, strong companies do view, view their employees and should view their employees as assets and revenue producers, or or they shouldn't have them in the role. But you're right. I mean, you're exactly right. The first thing a lot of companies do is. When times get tough, they don't think about innovation and and how do we create more revenue. They think about what can we cut, right? And who's the person who thinks about how do we innovate and revolutionize the business, right? Typically, it's the owner, yeah, right, because they have to. And that's that's the thing. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about on how you help people. Is you know when it's up to you. Really, and 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 it has to happen. Every single person who's listening to this, to this has been in a situation where it absolutely had to happen, and the ball was in our hands. It typically gets done. I always think about the day before vacation. There will be projects that I have been waiting to do for a long time. Suddenly, I get them all done just hmm. just before. I'm leaving the next day. You have to do it. So you there's an immediacy to it. And really, I I get on people on this, this all the time when somebody says, well, I didn't have time to do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's not true. You had the, the amount of time necessary, um, but you made a choice to do something different. You prioritize something else. That's okay. But we either need to reevaluate the priorities or, and this is where what I do for people comes into play. We have to really dig in and say, well, why did you choose to spend two hours working on this instead of going out and talking to 
prospective clients. And then, then you start layering the onions, you know, you start mm. cutting back and you find out that there's something deep in there that causes somebody from taking on this next big move. And it's almost never the surface answer. Well, I want to think about this more. Well, I want to do this more. It's rarely the thing. It's, oh, no, I have to go do this big thing. I'm scared. Mm. Fear of failure or fear of success, right? You know what? And that's a beautiful thing there because it's both. And that's what so many things, you know, I, I was, there's, I've been working with somebody and um, that's exactly what we figured out was, you know, they, nobody in their family had ever made more than 55, $60,000 a year. Well, if they go and start a half a million dollar business, what's everybody going to think? Are, are they going to be the outlier in the family? Are they not going to be part of the family? You know, is the family ever going to resent them? Is, are their friends not going to hang out with them anymore? And when you actually stop, these are the thoughts that happen deep mm -hmm. inside somebody. But when you really stop and say, like, flip it. If your friend decided they wanted to go and they started being very successful in a business, would you stop being friends with them just because they started becoming successful? Assuming they don't change as a human. But if they're the same person they were before, but just with more success and more money in the bank, I, I've never heard of somebody being like, well, and, and if they do, that's probably on them, not you. Yeah, that's and, and this was the second thing that right I wanted to to yeah. talk about on what you know this deep well right one betting on yourself but two, you know, the programming that we have from when we're little and more importantly, which I don't think people really spend enough time thinking about is who programmed it, right? Because you were you started off by talking about you know just when we talked about deserving the life that you want, a lot of the beliefs that we had are really from what somebody else put into our head. And we never take the time to look at that somebody else and go, would I want their life? Would I want their mindset? Would I want who they are? We just kind of take it for granted because we're so little, right? That's all we know. But when you kind of get into adulthood, it's, it's you know, no, it's, it's your life. You can't blame your mom, your dad, or anybody else. You can't blame the government. You can't do that anymore. The responsibility really is your own. And if that programming is there, it's your responsibility to change it. You can blame all those people, but you're going to be wrong. Right. And you're going to, and you're going to be miserable. So, right. I mean, it's a choice. I think that it's a wrong choice. But I love your example of, of talking about when you're a kid. You know, I think it's so interesting the way we do things. You know, when you're a kid, you're just joyful and happy and want to play and, you know, and then you get to, to middle school and things get a little harder and there's some things that come into play. But you know what? You're still in that you can be anything you want to be. Like, that's what people are telling you still. And you're still writing the stuff that says, I want to be a astronaut or, you know, whatever the thing is that you want to be. And then in high school, people start saying, well, you're going to want to be realistic. Mm, that's that's big right there and then you turn 17 and people say well you're 
going to be an adult. Now, everything changes. You got to pick. By the way, you have to figure out what you want to do in the next four years. You got you have to figure out what career you want to be. You have to pick that. Um, if you decide you want to go to college, you have to take on this massive investment. And you have no idea how money works at 17, really. And the other thing is, or you have to go get a real job, quote unquote, real job. And nobody's going to help you, support you anymore in a lot of cases. And I'm not saying, you know, whether they, whether people, your parents should or not, shouldn't. I'm, but that's what we do. We, it's like, we got you, we got you, we got you, we got you. All right. Now you're in the real world. Good luck. Go and uh, figure it out. And that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. And it's be realistic. And oh, you might want to think about income and you might want to do this and you might want to do that. And oh, you want to be, you want to be a painter your entire life. Ooh, painters don't make that much money. You might want to pick something different. And, you know, I think then people say, well, I guess I'll go into XYZ profession. And they don't have any passion for it. And then 10 years down the line, they go, Ooh, I don't have, I, I make a good salary, but I've spent it all on things to try to make me happy instead of just trying to be happy and be happy. Yeah, that's everything that we're talking about really ultimately comes down to, I think you would agree, choice, right? What, Absolutely. what, what, what are you going to choose? I love the, you know, be realistic. I haven't, heard that word in a while, you know, when you're out of the matrix, I like to say, right. But, um, and it's funny because I just rewatched the fourth um, installment of that whole series. Uh, yeah. And, and there's so many good things in there, right? Like here's this person that got unplugged and then was easily put, you know what I mean? Like dupe them back again, kind of thing. You know, it, it's reality or this idea of being realistic compared to what, like real, what is, you know, and, and I would want anybody listening to this to ask themselves, what, what does that mean in the context of like, it's probably what somebody else's definition of what your life should be, right? Real, it, it's just programming. Yeah, it's, I mean, you're allowing other people to limit your potential. It's truthfully what it is. Um, you know, I, and I think you, I mean, I think you do have to understand what the consequences of any choice is going to be, but it doesn't mean you can't go for it and you can't go for whatever it is. Now, some people say, listen, I want, I, I used to want to do that, but I don't, I want to be able to earn a living in a different way. Okay. But come to terms with that decision or, figure a way to follow it on the side. I think one of the things that most people don't do enough is build something outside of their, their nine to five type job. And it, it's, it goes back to that safety thing. Like your entire income, your entire livelihood is decided by somebody else. Well, what if something bad happens? Do you have a backup plan? Like to only have one source of income to me is something that so many of us have done because that's what we saw others do. And to do more seemed kind of crazy. But what if you are building your passion project on the side? 
to see if it works right. before you do something drastic. And you, it's so much easier today to do so, you know, like, yeah. um, uh, you know, being Gen X, you know, and, and growing up in the eighties and nineties, you know, you, if you wanted to write a book, somebody had to, to, to approve the ability for you to do so. Right. Like, and, and I think what, you know, certainly since 2000 in the technological age, you can do anything or be anything that you want now because of just technology, right? You could publish a book, you can make a piece of music. I mean, you could start a business. Everything can be done in your spare hours now, where before, you know, you may have created it, but could you get it out there? And now you, you really can. So you can experiment. You can see what, what you like, what makes you come alive. And I, I use this example constantly. Um, I'm a big Star Wars fan. And um, I think John Favreau, if you know who that is, he's, you know, John Favreau did Iron Man and he's, he's a great director. But John Favreau, I'm, you know, being again, Gen X, right? When, when we were watching Friends when it was actually on, right? John Favreau was, showed up on an episode of Friends that nobody knew who the heck he was. He was an absolute nobody as an actor. And, and now if you go on Netflix, he has something called The Chef Show. And they were all talking, you know, while they're cooking. I'm a big foodie as well. And and John, the other chef that he was with and this pastry chef, all of them were in the financial business at one point. And then all of them now are grinding on their passion, right? He's directing. This other guy has a restaurant. She has a pastry shop. And he said that when you are, are working on the thing that you were really created to do, when it ignites your passion, your essence, everything that it is inside of you, the energy that you bring to it is radically different than just doing something, you know, because it makes money or whatever. And that energy is really the thing that makes it successful. Now, I just remember watching that and going, my gosh, that, that is, it's like, that's the answer. Like we never talk about the end that when you're passionate about what you do and you know that you were created for this, I don't think you ever fail. You may hit some roadblocks, right? You may have some tough times, but that makes the journey all the worthwhile as well anyway. And it translates to every other area of your life. Mm, so you true. know, yeah. it, you, don't, you can't just be creative and energetic and passionate about normally. Th those people aren't just passionate about one thing that carries over into other things. And that's a ripple effect. And then truly what happens is you're, you are able to create the um, financial stability to where you eliminate everything or, or uh, delegate everything that you're not passionate about. And then you're passionate all the time because all you do is focus on things that you're passionate about. Right. And then all of a sudden you're just, you're seeing just amazing results in every area of your life. And, you know, I, I think there's the alternative is you're just kind of the alternative is true too. If there's something in your life and a lot for a lot of people, it's their careers and their jobs. If there's something that's weighing you down and being the drain on you, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people listening know what it's like to be around somebody that's miserable in their career or their job. They don't just keep that at work. That comes home. Right. And then they can't sleep and then they're tired all the time. And then they're, you know, going for things that aren't 
the best things for them physically or mentally because they just need some break from life. Well, what if you create your life to where you don't need a break from? You know, I, I think there's that you have two approaches. You want to take, you need the break and you get a little bit of that break or you create the life that you don't want to take a break from. You know, I'm reminded it, it's, Paul, such a great just concept and thing to, that's so real and so good to talk about it is the ripples of that. I, I you know, I'm going to just kind of circle back and combine some things, right? It's football season and, and it's, um, you know, if you don't live in Florida, right, it gets colder and, and it's the fall. And, and just listening to you talk, I remember, right? So this Sunday, the giant game is at 430, right? And I would remember, because I'm a big diehard Giants fan, so I'm, you know, who knows what we're going to experience this year again, right? Good, good. Everything's a choice. Everything's a choice, John. <laughs> right? Uh, I choose to love that team. Um, so, uh, you know, but I remember if the game was on at 430 and it would end, right? It would end at like seven or eight. So it would be dark outside. It would be cold. And somewhere around 5, 530 on a Sunday afternoon, I call it the sucker punch to the gut, right? Because it would be like, oh, I got to get up. And I got to go do what I don't really want to want to do, right? Even though there were parts of I love doing what I was doing, but in the context and all the things, I, I it was not what I would choose. And ultimately, obviously, making a choice. And I never feel like that. It's been nineteen. November will be nineteen years, and I have never felt like that. I can't remember a day where I woke up and went, "Ugh, I don't want to do X, Y, Z." The Sunday scaries. The yeah, Sunday scary is that, is that Sunday scaries where you're you're sitting there and you've had a nice little Sunday and it's been a great weekend and then it hits you that evening where you're like, uh oh, I got five more, I got five straight days of something I don't want to do, mm. and I've got all these things and pressures and you know, it's just it 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 can ruin your Sundays and then you know people hate Mondays right. Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Like your your mood is dictated based on what day it is. So by saying I hate Mondays or I hate mornings or whatever, you're basically saying you hate a part of your life. Right. I hate, you know, literally what I think people should do in that situation is say, instead of I hate Mondays, it's, hey, I hate one seventh of my life. Start saying that and maybe you'll say, ooh. I don't want to hate one seventh of my life. Maybe I should really try to figure this thing out and make a change. So let's talk a little bit about your, your coaching. So yeah. one, how did you get into this line of work and, you know, maybe talk a little bit about how you help people. All right. So let's the Sunday scary, yeah, right? Sure. Cause I want people to, I want people to, you know, first, you know, for our listeners, if you feel like that on a Sunday, right, then, then something needs to change. So yeah. how did you get into what you do and then how do you yeah. help people through that? So it's, you know, as I look back uh, on my life, I all, I've loved sports my whole life. So I always thought I would be a sports coach. That's what I wanted to do. And I would watch things on like Bobby Knight and I wrote read books on all the coaches. So I wanted to be the guy that was yelling on the sideline and, and yelling at the officials and whatever. Because <laughs> I learned, you know, we talk about you can be anything you want to be. I learned very quickly. 
I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. Like I knew that because I wasn't even the best kid on my, I wasn't even the starter on my little league team. So, but I would sit there with my coach, with my baseball coach, and I would talk through what we should be doing strategically. And that is what I love. Like you, you know, a lot of kids play video games to, for the fun of playing the video game to score the big touchdown and stuff like that. I would sit there and think, okay, well, you know, for those who listen, watch football. Okay. If I run a screen on this play, they're going to be blitzing. I you know, so it was strategic for me. And I love that part of it. And, you know, at a very young age, 14 years old or so, I, I coached a T-ball team. I coached a little league flag football team. I loved coaching. And I loved watching people get the best out of themselves. And I loved watching somebody go from not knowing something to starting to get it, to having that big moment and seeing the look on their face. And I just love that. And uh, it's what drew me to the Y right out of college where, you know, I thought, okay, it's not professional sports. It's not collegiate sports, but youth sports. And I loved watching a kid make their first basket. Like it, it would make me so happy to see a kid not even understand the game and you teach them a couple little things. And all of a sudden they make their first basket and they run over to mom and dad and they high five the whole crowd and the whole thing's nuts. So to me, that was it. And then as I advanced in my career, I learned that I want to help people be the best versions of themselves. So I started working with, you know, a lot of our leaders and, and coaching our leaders to see things differently and to, to manage time more efficiently and all of the things that go into being able to be them be their best selves. And I said, you know what? I really enjoy this. This is what I want to do. So I, you know, I did. I've done extensive training, both, you know, myself when it comes to I'm a consumer of pod, podcasts and books and my own personal experiences. And, you know, I think if you're going to be a good coach, the number one thing I would tell somebody that was looking into um, working with a coach is, do they have their own coach? Mm. Which is kind of a funny thing to say. But if you're not, as the coach, being working to get better at your gaps and to improve yourself, you're the wrong person. I don't want to work with you. Because you're basically, basically what you're saying by saying, you know, to, to go forward, I think everybody should work with somebody. If they want to be good, it's better at something, elite at something, they should work with somebody that can help them be elite at that thing. And to not do that is to basically say, I can't get better. There's some, I know everything there is to know. I cannot be helped by anybody. And ego gets in the way of a lot of that. But so this is what I decided. Okay, I'm going to help people. And okay, well, how am I going to help them? Well, to me, the core principle of what I do is I think that life should be put first. I think too many people prioritize their, their work and everything else in their life suffers. I've talked to so many people that because of their work and sometimes their success at their work, they end up divorced. They end up with health problems. They end up not being able to sleep. They lose all their friends. They lose their family members. It, it just on and on and on and on. And they, they're stuck working 
14, 15 hour days, and there's no end in sight. Now, if you're working 12 hours a day on something you love doing, and you can't wait to get up in the morning and do it, and it feels like you're playing basketball or playing golf, you know, I, I think that's a different world. I'm not saying that that's the best thing or not, but I'm not going to fight somebody on their passion. But when you're so, when you're somebody that's working at something and you're miserable doing it, you got to stop and say, well, why am I doing this? And that's what I why I started doing what I'm doing. To, because what happens is I experienced it myself about four years ago. I said, wait a minute. I think I'm supposed to be doing more in life. Like, I think I'm meant to do more. I don't know what. And then all the signs were that this was it. It was clear as day when I started going back through my life. This is what I'm meant to do. So I started the business and I said, well, who can I help? Who do I want to help? I want to help me five years ago. So that's why I said, you know, I want to help that person that's, I don't know, 10 years in their career. They've had some success. They're actually, by all metrics in society, they're successful. But they know they want to be doing more. They want to be following their passion. They want to, they, they're stuck and they don't, when they look at the next 20 years, they're not excited about it, but there is something, or maybe they think there could be something that they want to do. So the how really, I work with clients mainly for about six months. The first month or two, depending on the person is getting themselves right. If you go, if you come to me and you're working 80 hours a week, we're going to figure out why, why are you doing that? And we have to make some changes. Some people have had to leave their job straight up. They have to make that decision. I I never recommend that to anybody, but some people have come to me and said, I made that decision because it was, it was literally killing. Okay. Then there's others that, okay, well, can you start doing these 10 different things differently? And you start with one, two, and three, not 10, but can you do, incrementally better for the next eight weeks and all of a sudden it goes from 80 to 75 to 70 now to 60 now to 50 the crazy thing that happens a lot of people go well how am i going to get my work done what if my results suffer they don't they improve because what happens is you start prioritizing the things that make you great your sleep your family your health your priorities, exercise, hobbies, things that light you up. And like we said at the beginning, that translates into everything you do. People, I, I, it's time and time again, somebody will come to me, they're stuck, they want to start a business of their dreams. We start along that path, they start the side business. It starts doing some work. Conventional thinking would say, wait a minute, Starting a side business, number one, that's going to be more hours, all this stuff. You're going to lose focus on your nine to five. Your results are going to suffer. You're going to get fired. The exact opposite happens. Your brain, it goes to a different level of big, big thinking. You start thinking bigger. And that translates to your day job too. And all of a sudden, you start just seeing results that you've never seen. Almost every time I work with somebody, that wants to start that business. That's the end goal, right? They want to either start or scale that business. They see they're still in corporate. They see their corporate results also strive. They see their health improve, their family relationships, all of it starts getting better. Wow. 
you um i mean you just you just dropped a lot there I, it, <laughs> it doesn't even need a lot of that right um you just you just really um unpack that very very well i think there's I, a lot of a lot of people that can look at that and look at their life and 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 really understand why you know how to change or, or what needs to change just from just that beautiful nugget of information i get so passionate about it i could go for i mean we could do about eight hours of <laughs> just me riffing on this because it just it's it's you know for me personally um it's what i was put on this planet to do yeah and i feel so good about that and at peace knowing that and um yeah so i get so it it's hopefully it it uh is true in my world where it speaks volumes of I, that I'm passionate. I would do this all day. I love it. And, and, and you can tell. And, and so just to kind of add on a little bit to that in the shift, and it's just, it's so present for me because I've been talking to our daughter um, about it. Um, and it really is true. Energy. It's what you just said. Energy begets energy, right? Positive or negative. If you're un unhappy doing what you're doing and you're not doing anything to change it, then unhappiness, that energy produces more and more of the same kind of energy. But if you take a step, you know, part-time working on the thing that lights you up and you start moving in that direction, that energy also creates more energy that permeates around. It's such a simple concept that people don't really pay attention to. It, you know, it, it'll be like, I'm not going to change my diet, right? Or I'm not going to go get a job or I'm not going to, you know, work out or, well, not doing anything creates more of not doing anything, right? Nothing changes, right? That energy produces more of the same. So in anything that you're doing, take a freaking step forward because just that step is going to lead to something else. And then um, something I love talking about, which I'm sure you've seen, is that when you create energy, in the metaphysical right universe, which is very real, right? The universe is energy. You start to pull like things to you, right? Like all of a sudden you get the phone call that you were waiting on, or all of a sudden this thing shows up that wasn't, you know, you were obsessing over it not happening. You just kind of took your focus off. You started moving in a positive direction. And all of a sudden, right? It's like dating, right? When you're, when you're looking for that person, they don't show up. But when you just kind of let it go and start, you know, focusing on other things, all of a sudden, Right, your energy shifted and that person shows up. Well, I think it's a great analogy because I think there's a, um, I think everybody can relate to it. You know, we're both guys here. So you think about if you're, when you're um, looking to date somebody, and I guess today, nowadays, you know, and you're texting them all the time, you're calling them all the time, it, it's like, what's the, the, appeal to this you know and it, it's the same way in a lot of times in business or in um, if you're waiting on that client to get back to you and you check your email every five minutes and you respond right away and you please 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 work with me please 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 go on a date with me i don't know i don't think that's gonna go well right but when you're able to be your natural self and confident and just being real it, it's it shows most people are able to tell when you're being authentic and not real and 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 when you're stressing about it but when you're kind of cool and relaxed and it, it's it's good like i i know for me i 
I think I've gotten one, um, I've got one successful relationship on my books and I married the girl. <laughs> I was like, I'm not letting her out. Like she's stuck with me, but it was that same thing. Like when I met her, it was by happenstance. I, you know, I wasn't, didn't think anything of that sort, but six months later, we were talking about something else. And then it just led to that, but I wasn't in that desperation mode. And fortunately I wasn't, it's probably the first time ever, but thank God I got it right then. Same thing with business though. If you just allow yourself to think and say, Hey, what if we did this? What if, you know, and that's that client, that, uh, that promotion, that thing, people hold on to stuff way too much ideas of fear of rejection or fear of this. What, like I ask people all the time, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I talked to, I coach a middle school basketball team and I was just having the conversation last night during one of our games and with a kid, I said, you know, if you, he, he won't shoot the ball underneath the hoop. He just won't do it. I'm like, what happens? Like, what's the worst possible? Well, I get blocked. I, whatever. It lists off all these things. I said, okay. Like, and like, you're going to, go back on defense and keep playing. And then you're going to go home and and play video games and go to school the next day. Like life still continues. Now, if somebody said, Hey, listen, um, if you shoot this ball and you're going to get blocked, you're going to, we're going to chop off your arm. Okay. Now the stakes are a little different, but we're dealing with something where there's, it's all upside. And I said, by the way, have you ever thought about what if you shoot it and it goes in the hoop, how good that's going to feel. Most people, they have, they have effectively gone down the list of what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. It's all negative. They rarely go, what if I start this business and it becomes a million-dollar business? Right. What if I can go from having two weeks off to 12? What if, what if, what if? They only focus on the negatives and the what ifs. And, st- and to me, if it's something that's unknown, you have to focus on both sides. Yeah, that's really good. And I've heard before also, right? Have the radical assumption that things are going to turn out well. If you have that, then you're at least half right. Right. I mean, That's exactly right. Man, this is good stuff today for sure. I, uh, I, uh, we, you're right. We could, we could go hours on yeah, it, right? It's such yeah, a deep one. So I always like to ask, how can people find you, right? I, I, I encourage people to reach out to the guests that we have, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know there's somebody listening that could benefit for what you do. Yeah. So how do people find you? Uh, LinkedIn's the best place. Um, Paul Conley is my, um, you know, name on there. Um, I, I post on there almost every day to try to encourage somebody, um, to think differently. You know, I have, uh, wildly different views on the way we work, should live and work in life and live our life and, and work and make an impact and do different things. Um, so I just try to encourage people to think outside of the norm and maybe what we've been taught and, uh, yeah, connect with me there. I'm happy to help with anybody that, that, um, thinks that I can help them. And if they're not on LinkedIn and email. Yeah. Email, um, just PM and then Conley, my last name 34 at Gmail. Um, I'm sure we'll put that in the show notes and people can reach me anywhere. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to talk with anybody at any time you know, this is, this is my life's work. So I'm happy to, happy to help people um, really reach their full potential. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I encourage people to to do reach out to you and and just a little you know kick on uh, on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is is the platform where you kind of get things done right. Like yeah. every other one is kind of really very social, but I, I yeah. really have learned LinkedIn is where the where the pros are right, yeah. sharing ideas, connecting, etc. So. Um, Paul, it's been uh, an honor having you. Really, I know we could go longer. We've been, yeah. probably been about an hour now, um, but uh, thank you, thank you. This has been this is the highlight of my day. Awesome, awesome. go Giants! <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, everyone, take care. We'll see you on the next episode.